It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. KT Live, PSBR Law Studios. It is a throwback Thursday. We are here till 10 o'clock Pacific time, rocking and rolling. Tons of college basketball. We've got the East-West Shrine game right here at Allegiant Stadium. Had a couple guests from the brass of the East-West Shrine game joining Chris Wynn on Tuesday. It is 9-3, one of these old... Yeah, like the NFC, well, it was the black and blue division back in the day. Remember the Bears and the Packers, the Lions? Back when they were all playing outdoors, you'd always have those 9-3 games, 6-3 to three games. You'd have all types of scores like that. But we've got it indoors right here in our backyard at Allegiant Stadium. It is the West leading the East 9-3. to three. West going off a one-and-a-half point favorite. Total 43-and-a-half. You're going to need quadruple overtime to get that sucker over the total. But that is the football going on here on a throwback Thursday. I'll get to the NBA scores. Lakers nip the Pacers, though, 112-111. I'll duck that one in. Plenty of college basketball. You know Thursdays means West Coast action, so I'll be able to bring you scores all night. Some games winding down. Some good ones going on up in Missoula. Montana leads Northern Colorado 68-67, which is four seconds left. I'll keep you clued in on that one. I love when these games are going down to the wire. Washington once down 19 at Pauley Pavilion, now down only 7 with a minute 51 to go. That number 17, looking like the Huskies are going to get the cover there. Wichita State does lose to Houston, but the Cougs do not cover that game. Win it 70-61 to at the Cook Arena. And uh, I'll get to uh, Coach Steve Lavin. They're at home against Portland at the Slim Gym, the Jenny Craig Pavilion. And lots of games going west coast. Right now, Cal State Fullerton, Long Beach State. KT used to call those games for the beach back in the day. And Dan Monson better get his troops together. They were up nine early. But Titan Gym, always a tough place for the 49ers. They trail by one, 46-45, 16 minutes to go there in the second half. UC Irvine at UC San Diego, 48-45. Anteaters leading the Tritons of UC San Diego and Arizona up nine, trying to avenge a blowout loss at Matthew Knight Arena earlier against the Oregon Ducks, 34-25, 5 to go at the McHale Center, a place that KT has gone for some games. And, of course, my good pal Brian Jeffries now in his 34th year calling Cats basketball. Some great stuff. But right now, we will start with college basketball. We've got the prop sheets. 
that are uh, front and center now for all those big game stats and, and promos and everything. Arthur DeCesar will join us in the last half hour of segment one from the Westgate Superbook. But you know, anytime KT can grab his man, Fran McCaffrey, head coach, Iowa basketball, he will do so. Coach has a little bit of uh, time off until Saturday action. So I figured, you know what? Let's see if we can get Coach on. He, of course, accommodates. He's central time zone. So, you know, a little after uh, 10 o'clock there. But Coach is up watching basketball. He's a basketball junkie like KT. Coach McCaffrey, for you folks that don't know, has been coming on way back when, his old Siena days, when he did a masterful job there with the Saints. And we still remember that Friday night call that we got from Florida after the nice little upset win against Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. Coach, how are things going? Iowa City, you got the boys playing pretty good ball right now, come off a couple wins in a row, let one get away in East Lansing, where I thought you had a great opportunity to get a road win. But nonetheless, the team, I think uh, something in five of your last seven, somewhere in that neighborhood, six of eight, starting to take care of business and starting to get geared up midway through the Big Ten season. Hey, Ken, it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, uh, this year in the Big Ten, I mean, I don't know how you how you can describe it. Uh, you know, we we've talked on this show many times over the years. You know, the strength of this league, top to bottom. You know, and and there have been times, obviously, where there's you know four or five teams at the top that are just separating a little bit. Uh, but literally this year, I mean, anytime the game starts, you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, you're right. We've won a few. Uh, we, we we lost a close one, but it's every night the same thing. Uh, a lot of teams are are veteran oriented, whether it be with returning players or with guys out of the transfer portal. But I always say, you know, every team has really good players in this league. Every team has a really good coach. There are no bottom feeders, and uh, and that's what makes it you know, so interesting in so many ways, but, you know, so nerve-wracking, I guess, for some of the fans. But, uh, you know, we had a really good win against Northwestern, who's in a very unique place, as you know. That, you know, they missed two games with COVID. Ours was one. We rescheduled our game in Wisconsin. They're playing, like, every other day. It's like a Major League Baseball schedule. Uh, so they, they just played us, and they already played Michigan. You know, so uh, we're fortunate enough, as you said, to have, have an opportunity to wait until Saturday. You got the Illini coming to town. Uh, Coach Underwood's team is really good. Uh, veteran guys uh, got a solid crowd waiting for them, so we're excited about that. No doubt about it. And Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, leading the way. Just about twenty-one points a game. Just about nine rebounds. Philip Robracha, man, his dad was a pretty solid player. Uh, he's fun to watch as well. And then Patrick McCaffrey, my man. I mean, has gone through so much. He's a cancer survivor. He is uh, coming back from taking time off, uh, had the anxiety. Coach, kind of reflect a little bit on Patrick, because when he was at the free throw line, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was last game, and it, he kind of, he just looked like he was a little a, a little anxious there. And I, and, and I think, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, you sent him to the locker room, and, and I, you know, somebody had, had kind of alerted that. We were kind of watching the game, and I was watching it with no sound. And it was like, uh, he goes, I, I think Patrick uh, just went to the locker room. I think I saw the ca- camera pan off there, uh, Big Ten Network. So if you can kind of clue us in, because he missed several games. He's missed six games this year. And, you know, he's the, your third leading scorer. He's your younger son, your veteran son, Connor McCaffrey, outstanding point guard, a guy that 
not really concerned about scoring, wants to get everybody involved, but you leave him open for that open three, he's going to knock it down. He shoots very well uh, when you don't expect him to from behind the arc. But talk to me a little bit about Patrick and how's he doing as far as his situation uh, physically. Well, yeah, Ken, he, you know, he's doing way better. Uh, he missed six games, as you pointed out. Uh, he was contemplating coming back about a week earlier and, and put it off a week. Uh, came back for the Rutgers game and, and went three for three from three, had a really good game. Uh, the other night against Northwestern, you know, it's funny you bring up, you know, when he went to the locker room, uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, he's really under the microscope because, uh, you know, he took a leave of absence and he was very outspoken about why. He didn't say, okay, I'm leaving for personal reasons, which he very well could have and we could have dealt with it privately. He felt it was important to, discuss how he was feeling, why he was feeling that way. And he knew that others were going through similar circumstances. So he thought it you know, would make a statement and help others that might be going through what he went through. But the irony of what you asked me, uh, I, I took him out and he came out. I talked to him for a second. He, he, all he had to do was go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. So <laughs> he went to the bathroom and uh, five people followed him. He's like that. I just wanted to go to the bathroom. Five people followed me. They're knocking on the door. Everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Let's go to the bathroom. So, That'll make you anxious back. in its own right, for sure. <laughs> exactly. You got to go. You got to go. So he that's where he was. But he's practiced really well the last two days, uh, and he's, he's ready to rock and roll on Saturday. No doubt, Coach. That is great news. Okay. Uh, after the win against Northwestern, I kept the Big Ten channel on, and they had – the documentary on Chris Street. Outstanding ball player for you folks that don't know Chris Street. Back in the day in 1993, he wore number 40. Nobody's worn that number since there in Iowa City. But this kid was special. There's no doubt he would have played at the next level. But he was somebody that just, I mean, just a beautiful soul. Not not only a great basketball player, a great athlete. He was a great quarterback, a six foot nine quarterback, winging that ball around the field, and outstanding pitcher in baseball. But he was special on the hardwood, no question and uh, tragically killed during a snowstorm there in Iowa City. And, uh, you know, things have never really been the same. His parents, Mike and Patty, uh, very difficult for them to move on. But, I mean, there were so many different sentimental things that went on there. Fred Hoiberg, who, of course, played at rival Iowa State, ended up wearing number 40 the following season in memory of uh, and in respect out of uh, his, his friendship and his admiration for Chris Street. Very special player. And I know you got to meet Mike and Patty, and there's a plaque there outside, the, I believe, the locker room. And uh, kind of reflect a little bit on that, Coach, because you weren't you know, somebody that, that went to Iowa. But after you got the job there, you kind of you know, took it upon yourself to really know the history of Iowa basketball. And I love that about you know, the coaches around the country, that they really get embedded with the university that they're at to understand the proud history. And there's been a, a great one with Dr. Tom Davis and so many outstanding coaches that preceded you, Coach McCaffrey. Uh, but you took time to get to know Mike and Patty Street. Well, you're right. Uh, you know, he's he was a homegrown Iowa kid from Indianola. Uh, and, and, you know, so was Fred. Fred was from Ames. And so it was amazing what Fred did and, and, and the friendship they had, you know, competing against one another and the respect that he showed the family. Uh, I remember meeting Tom Davis in 1988 and he told me, Hey, you know, we just signed a 
you just signed a kid. We got a, he didn't sign. He got a commitment from a kid. He was only a sophomore going into his junior year. And nobody did that in those days. He said, I just the kid came to our camp. He was a camper. And at the end of the week, we said, look, we'd love to have you. And he committed like on the spot. So it was, it was a great Iowa story. And just on a terrific team, uh, great smile, uh, unbelievable energy on his way to the NBA and tragically gets killed when he gets hit by a snowplow. Uh, heading back from a from a team meal, uh, what it did, it 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 resonated can throughout the entire state. So if you if you grew up here, you remember where you were when when you found out that Chris Street was killed. It was kind of like the JFK assassination. Uh, you ask anybody. You know, I was in fifth grade, and and the teacher came in and told us, and we cried. I mean, things like that. So, and you're absolutely right. You know, when I was looking at this job, potentially, I was well aware of the history. I knew Ralph Miller coached here and Lute Olson coached here. I watched this team in Philadelphia when they came in 1980 and went to the Final Four. I coached against George Raveling. I coached against Steve Alford. Uh, I was friends with Tom Davis. I remember watching Tom Davis at Lafayette, watching Tom Davis at Boston College, watching Tom Davis at Stanford. And he's been a dear friend since the minute I got here. So, you know, I think when you look at a program, you know, that's what it is, Ken. It's not a team. It's a program. There's history. And there's there's folks that came before. They coached here before or they wore that jersey before. And that's what culture is. And so it was really important to me that I get to know Mike and Patty, that we continue to honor him and celebrate his life. Uh, the other night we celebrated the 30th anniversary of his passing. And after the game, uh, I did not give the post-game speech. Mike Street did. So he and Patty came in, and I had my arms around both of them. And Mike spoke to the team, and everybody on the team hugged them. And uh, we were taking pictures before the game in front of Chris's picture, which is right outside the locker room. And every year we have a golf outing where all the players come back from all eras, and we have uh, the most prestigious award at our banquet every year is the Chris Street Award, which is a combination of the MVP, the best player, but you know more importantly, the person who exemplifies all the qualities that Chris did. So what was interesting about that documentary, I'm glad you got a chance to see it, because number one, the Big Ten Network did a fabulous job on that. Mm-hmm. You know, When you're doing a story like that, you've got to get it right, and they nailed it. And and the number of people that reached out to me that are not from Iowa. So they're watching this story for the first time. They didn't know the history. And they were just blown away. I mean, my phone was blowing up uh, after that after that game, and that was being viewed across the country. So I'm just I – was I was happy to be a part of that. And, uh, and I can tell you this. Uh, we play Saturday against Illinois. Mike and Patty will be there. And one other thing I've got to get in there, Coach, before uh, I let you go. Jordan Bohannon, one of the kids that you coached, and you love this kid. Chris Street was not having a good year uh, one of his seasons there with Iowa from the free throw line, and he got so mad at himself for missing several free throws in a game that he said, that's it, 
I'm go- I'm not missing another free throw the rest of the Big Ten season. And he prided himself on that. And even in games that they, you know, the writing was on the wall, they were going to lose those games if he was at the free throw line when the, the decision was basically over. But he was still there. He would concentrate. And he got to, I want to say, 33 in a row or 34 in a row free throw-wise. And then Jordan Bohannon, a uh, young man that you coached, who an outstanding shooter and a phenomenal free throw shooter, three-point shooter, but had an opportunity to break Chris's record. He had tied the record, and it was the front end of a one-and-one, and and I think you were up by eight points with a little more than a minute to go, and Jordan Bohannon purposely missed that free throw because he did not want to break Chris's record. He figured, I'll share the record with Chris, and we're still going to win this game. And I know it's a front end of one-and-one, and, and, you know, I I think if the game were a little closer, maybe he – and the decision was on the line, he'd have made the free throw, not wanting to, but he'd have made it. And I just thought a class act. And then, of course, he was embraced by Mike and Patty after that game. Class act and somebody you've talked about many times on this show, but Jordan Bohannon, a special player and a special person. Well, it's interesting because, you know, that that's a record that Chris holds. Now uh, he shares it with Jordan, 34 straight free throws. And as he approached it, it was a big story. And he and his brother decided he was going to miss that free throw. And I remember vividly when he got fouled, we were playing Northwestern and we were up eight and it was actually you know, about 249 to go, 250. Wow. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, it'd really be nice if we went up 10 here. And <laughs> right. you're talking about a, you know, a 92, 93% shooter for his career from the free throw line. He never, because he played for me you know, for the better part of six years, he never missed a clutch free throw. And he bricked that sucker. And I knew immediately, okay, he did that on purpose because he never misses like that. Yep. And we, and we, we still got the victory. And, and you're right, you know, what you said a minute ago, because I remember I, 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 we both were interviewed after the game and walked across the court, and Mike and Patty were standing there. And, and Patty was just absolutely in tears. She couldn't believe the kindness that someone would show. And I'll never forget, I was cracking up because – Mike said, next time, make sure you make those damn things. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and that's, you know, and they both embraced them. And, uh, and I just, just seeing how it made uh, Patty feel. Uh, my wife was standing right there. She was in tears. Everybody in the building was in tears. And uh, they're just phenomenal people. And, and, and we are and will remain very close. Coach, are you going to be out here for uh, Coach Lon Kruger's? Uh, Absolutely. Deal? Okay, so we are getting together. When you get out here, we are getting together because I've we have been connected via the phone line. You should come to line. the gala. You should really be there. I mean, there's so many. I, I guarantee you probably know half the people that are there anyway. I will. I will. I will make yeah. sure because I actually just saw Lon over at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, he was there at one of the games, and uh, I think it was might have been the Pac-12 championship game, I, and I saw okay. him there. So I, I will definitely, now that, of course, Lon's here, and Kevin's doing a great job with UNLV men. They're in action exactly. again tomorrow, and uh, it's great. But I, I can't wait to hang out with you, Coach, because it's been a long time coming, and, and you've been coming Absolutely. on the show we got, for we a gotta long time. we got to do that, and I'm looking yep. forward to that. Absolutely. Coach, take care of business against Coach Underwood and the Illini on Saturday. We will uh, check in with you as the season progresses before we hit that Big Ten tournament. God bless you, Coach. I appreciate you. You're a big-time fan favorite here in the Vegas Valley and throughout on SportsX Radio Nation. Well, I feel so. the same way about you, my friend. 
Take care, Ken. All right, you take care. Coach Fran McCaffrey, Iowa, SportsX Radio rolling here on a throwback Thursday. Arthur DeCesar going to join us, not next segment, but uh, we'll have a brief little segment. I'll bring in Mike Scalliott, who's in studio, and, of course, the original AI, Andy Isco here as well. Mark Hoke producing the show as he does. Does a great job and does a great job hosting his own show, The Mark Hoke Show, on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Again, you like professional wrestling, you will love The Mark Hoke Show. We are live, PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It is a throwback Thursday, so that means that's where we are tonight. Over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Success rate, 99%. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. Jot the number down. You know the 702 for Vegas, 830-9353. The best in personal injury, 830-9353, 830-9353. Live from Vegas. Ken Thompson, you're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. You may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Once in a lifetime, that's right. Once in a lifetime, you get to listen to SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday with Mike Scalliott, Andy Isco in studio, preceded by Fran McCaffrey. Coach Fran McCaffrey, I had to get that extra one in there because these two guys came in studio a couple weeks ago. We had our uh, our pre-show meal with the uh, pot roast. A shout-out to the bar right down the street. Appreciate They do a great job on their pot roast. Uh, outstanding with the mashed potatoes. I get the asparagus. The guys get the carrots. And uh, just outstanding. The gravy's great. And then excellent salads and appetizers and a nice clam chowder tonight to start things off. So we are uh, sitting fat and content. Preventative Diagnostics Center, I'll get uh, get to that because I've got a couple guys that demographically fall in line as far as the Preventative Diagnostics Center. It is near and dear to KT's heart. You've got to be between 40 and 72 years of age. We've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancer. Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. Take advantage of it, folks. If you're here in the Vegas Valley, if you're visiting the Vegas Valley, jot the number down. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900, 534-7900. That's it. Jot that number down, pdcenterlv.com. Schedule that free educational consultation. Let them know Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. CT scan, heart CT scan, and calcium score. Folks, I'm telling you, there's so many things going on with the heart these days, like throughout society. It's unbelievable. So please get your heart checked out. Why? Because you and your significant other can take advantage of a total of $125 for you both to get your hearts checked out. That's a $1,200 value, $600 per person, but total $125. Get down there. Find out how you can get your other arteries or, or I'm sorry, your other organs checked out. Uh, you know, again, demographically comes into play. Sometimes you could be older and it doesn't come into play. Uh, you know, the cancer, it's, it's, it's rampant in society nowadays. You want to check that out. You want to hope you don't have any heart disease or lung disease. But worst case scenario, you catch it in time. You've got to be proactive. Early detection is key. You've got to, you know, get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900, 534-7900. Andy Isco, the original AI, great to have you on a throwback Thursday. Andy Isco, now in your 10th year of spending your Thursdays with KT. What a waste of time. Uh, yeah, hard to disagree with that. Yeah, yeah at least five years. But right? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. So it just shows how your life's working out. Was it a waste of time for me, for you, or for the listeners? <laughs> well, That's the exactly. question. Who you're, ta- who you're referring to? I, I, I was going to take letter D, all the above. Okay. <laughs> all right, how about uh, Scalliot? Every now and then we get you in here uh, during football season. 
know, football season's winding down, but we've got our props coming out over there at the Westgate Superbook. Arthur DeCesar is going to join us. It's the book of war and peace with all these cross-promotional props. They are out tonight and should be there now. You should be able to get down to the Westgate and grab your sheets. They should be on your app, I believe, but Arthur will clue us in. But, Mike, you're a big NFL guy. You love your Major League Baseball. You're a Yankees diehard, but you love your NFL football. You're an old-school L.A. Rams guy, even though you're a Pennsylvania kid. You're absolutely right, Ken, and it's a pleasure to be with you guys we just did this a couple of weeks ago. I'm a little bit down. It's, we're coming to the end of the season, but uh, I'll follow March Madness, follow baseball. I'll go to L.A. and see a couple games. But, uh, yeah, my Rams this year, too many injuries fell a little short, but I think they'll rebound. But uh, I'm glad a Pennsylvania team's in there, and this is one time I'm going to put money on the Eagles. So I think they're going to do a good job against the Chiefs. Andy, real quick, uh, off the bat, you, did you jump on anything as far as – Eagles or Chiefs or total, or is it something that you're still kind of digressing? Made a, a small play on uh, Philadelphia when the line uh, first came out, uh, but uh, have saved uh, you know, uh, the stronger plays until a little bit later. I want to see, you know, with I, I liked Philadelphia fundamentally coming into the game, but the reason that I, I didn't go stronger on it is I want to see about Mahomes and what he. Uh, what what his condition is coming into the game now? If you if you listen to a lot of the experts in the field of uh, athletic injuries, they say a high ankle sprain uh, can take uh, four to six or six to eight weeks to uh, fully heal. Now he suffered it in the uh, divisional round of the uh, playoffs, and he played the week later this past Sunday against Cincinnati, and you could see it was clearly bothering him, and it was bothering it was bothering him both in terms of his accuracy and his timing, but you could see as the game wore on, it was bothering him more and more. So now I'll have an extra week, but how much better will he be? And then I think as big, if not a bigger concern, and Mike, you can comment on this as well, the health of the receivers. I mean, how many receivers would they lose? Two or three guys. I think uh, uh, one of them is, is out for the, uh, uh, for the Super Bowl. And they're very thin at that position. And that could be tough going up against a Philadelphia uh, defense that led the NFL in sacks with 70 during the regular season. Of course, keep in mind, the number two team with 55 sacks was Kansas City. So you might want to take a look perhaps also when we talk about the props, some of the defensive uh, uh, props there. But uh, I think I will ultimately uh, feel a little bit more comfortable with Philadelphia. But if all of a sudden uh, Mahomes is uh, is looking strong, it, it may be one of these games also where if you are as concerned about the health of uh, Kansas City, you know, Kelsey also is bothered with uh, back issues, that if you if you are considering either of these teams, you may want to wait till the game starts and take a look at how Mahomes looks for the first series of, of the game. And, you know, if, if it's still scoreless, you might see you might not see that much of an adjustment because either way, I don't see this game. Well, it may hit three, but it might only hit it three briefly as we get closer to game time and the status of uh, Mahomes especially and uh, the receivers becomes a little bit more clarified. There you go. And I will update on the injury report. Mecole Hardman is doubtful. More than likely he doesn't go with that pelvic injury. Uh, Kadarius Toney, probable with the ankle. Juju Smith-Schuster, probable with the knee. Isaiah Pacheco, I expected him to play, probable with the wrist. McKinnon, probable with the ankle. Uh, Watson, probable with illness. And, of course, Mahomes, he's going to be fine with that high ankle sprain. I don't know how effective he'll be, but we know what we saw last game, and he's got time to get ready. Uh, Ladarius Sneed, who's one of their big-time players in the secondary, a cornerback, 
is still questionable in concussion protocol. So we'll keep an eye there as far as those injuries go. And with Philadelphia, I mean, this is an Eagles team that, you know, they got some bad news with a backup offensive lineman, Sills. Uh, this kid, Josh Sills, he has been uh, put on the inactive list right now. He was charged in a rape that happened in Ohio, uh, I guess in back in his hometown area, uh, stemming back from 2019. But apparently there was sufficient evidence enough to indict him on this rape. So we'll see how it plays out. Always, uh, as I learned from Brian Panish, senior partner, PSBR Law, uh, let things play out, KT, before you speculate. And so I do that, and uh, we will talk about it down the line. Uh, a distraction. Uh, it's a guy that's only really played one game, so not as big a dis- distraction as if it were a starting player. Uh, but still, uh, I'm sure something you know that nobody uh, with the Eagles organization or Chiefs organization, you never want any police blotter type stuff popping up in that two-week two interval prior to the Super Bowl to take any attention away from what the team's have done and they both have done masterful jobs this year in Philadelphia. I'm glad I played them when they were four and a half to one prior to the playoffs. And I think a lot of people thought San Francisco may take them out, but uh, I was on Philly last week. My producer, Mark Hoke, yes, he's an Eagles fan, but he's a straight shooter and he didn't say the Eagles would win. He said, I thought the Eagles will take care of business, you know, in a big way. And so far he has been right in both playoff games. So we'll see how things uh, continue to pan out for Philadelphia, but I think they're, going to win the Super Bowl and you know I, I it's hard to bet against Mahomes in Kansas City but my money is on Philly I had them again four and a half to one and I was able to uh, tease Kansas City to the over on the total so I have a nice little KC plus seven and a half and uh, I believe it's over 43 and a half so we'll see if that pans out but that's a way that I was able to hedge back I didn't want to just hedge back and take keys KC plus one and a half it would only give me one opportunity to win both ways and that's if Philadelphia won the game by one point so we'll see how it all pans out we'll get into the game in hour number two and Arthur DeCesar will join us in just a little bit bit from the uh, Westgate Superbook again folks get down there and and take advantage of all the great sports books here I mean we've got tons of them Circa uh, the station's properties William Hill there's so many great ones Treasure Island's got their own sports book there's a lot of great props and a lot of the books put up their South Point they put up their own stuff and very creative all the uh, the crews for all these uh, different sports books are very, very creative, but nobody more so when it comes to that big game than over there at the Westgate. And Arthur DeCesar will join us when we come back. We'll have some questions for them. We'll keep things rolling. Hour number two, it'll be KT with Andy Isco and Mike Scali. I will get you caught up on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Lots of college basketball. Keep an eye on the games that are going. And uh, we'll also get you those final scores from earlier. No NHL action. We've got the NHL All-Star Weekend coming up. NBA limited schedule and uh, the Lakers did get that one-point win, which was huge for them because they came back from 15 down in Indianapolis to beat the Pacers 112-111. I will give you the only game going right now. The Clippers surprising the Bucks early third quarter, 63-49. That game's in Milwaukee. Bucks a four-point favorite, total 230 in that one, but the Clips up by 14. I'll get you the other NBA Finals when we come back, and Arthur DeCesar will be with us. We are live from Vegas, a final right here at Allegiant Stadium, 12-3. The West beats the East in the annual East-West Shrine Game. We are live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140, The Bet. Check that station out as well on the AM side here in Vegas and streaming live on the Odyssey app, spelled A-U-D. 
A-C-Y, A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you have not downloaded that free app, do so. Not only will you be able to search KDWN or SportsX Radio and find my show, but the Mark Hoke Show on there and many great shows. And you can find shows from all over the country. Odyssey does an incredible job. We are live from Vegas PSBR Law Studios. We come back with Arthur DeCesar, Andy Isco, Mike Scaliot. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Replacing Peter Gabriel in Genesis. I mean, it's incredible. The story there, auditioning, I forget how many singers to replace Peter Gabriel. I want to say somewhere in the excess of uh, about about 100. And uh, right there, they end up with their own drummer in the band, Phil Collins, becoming the lead singer there. Genesis did a lot of great singles work and collaborated with other artists. Uh, Philip Bailey and Phil Collins did a great number as well. And uh, bringing us back, Mark Hook's been in the hits on a throwback Thursday. Arthur DeCesar, Art Dice 21, baby, on Twitter. And the Book of War and Peace, as far as uh, props, are out. And uh, just clue us in as far as the paper version, because I will jam. As soon as this show's over at 10 o'clock and I put that archive up, I will jam down there if you guys have those out. Otherwise, I'll be there in the morning, because I always like having... The New York Times sports page there, basically. I mean, that's how thick those props are. And I was looking at some of them online because I did get the email, some of the creative stuff that that staff comes up with, Arthur DeCesar. Great to have you on a throwback Thursday. Andy Isco, Mike Scali in studio with me. But uh, update us as far as the props, the big game props over there at the Westgate. Are we ready to roll? We're ready to roll. We uh, we have about a handful of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, the packet will be out. It's already out. So when you're done with your show, KT, you should uh, head down to the Superbook and uh, go grab yourself a packet. It's about a 47, 48-page packet. They're already all up on the beautiful LED screens, on the big boards, they're on the app. They're everywhere you need to be. So Thursday is the kickoff, and it's always good to be talking to you on a Thursday, even though we normally talk on a Wednesday. But, you know, this is a big day down at the Superbook because – this really gets the kickoff going for Super Bowl. No doubt about it. And I could use uh, looking at some of those props after the way my college basketball Thursday went. Didn't go too well. And I'm uh, hoping Arizona bails me out and beats Oregon, but they're only up 11 now. I've got to win that game by eight. So we'll see how that pans out. But, uh, you know, sometimes these uh, college basketball nights, they're a lot of fun when you're scrolling through the scores. However, when you're uh, sitting uh, one and four, and you got two games left, knowing the best you can do on a throwback Thursday is three and four. It's not good for KT this time of year. Normally, um, pretty solid with six and one the other night. And every time you think that you're that guy on top, you get humbled by the old Thursday night throwback Thursday, just uh, or different nights. Doesn't much matter. Uh, it's college basketball. It's a long season. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I've been doing it for years. Dice man, you like the college basketball a lot. I do. I love college basketball. Um, college basketball is one of my favorite sports. It's a sport that, like you said, it's 
during the football season, especially early in the college basketball season, you get a little lost in it. But now this is the time people start to turn their eye to college basketball. We're in conference play. You know, we're a month or so, six weeks away from March Madness. So, I mean, I know, like you, I'm there from, you know, the beginning of November. But I know this is when a lot more people start to turn their eye to it. We see the handle go up as far as the college basketball games are concerned. There you go. And, of course, uh, cross-promotional props. You'll see some action with some of the uh, Sunday games coming up, college basketball and, and just different teams, different scores. You'll, you'll have Premier League teams. Uh, I, I did see Arsenal. Uh, how many goals will they score as opposed to against Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes, I think it was. I mean, a lot of creativity involved. I've got Andy Isco. I've got Mike Scalett in studio. Mike, some questions for Art. Arthur, uh, I have one question to start with. Are you related to Toby the Caesar? Uh, no. Okay. I would, I'd be, does he spell it with an I or an E? I'm not sure, but he worked at Westgate for years. He worked at the Sands, and I know him a long time. He's a, an elderly gentleman. He probably retired by now. But I'm, when I've heard you on the show with Ken some th- Wednesday evenings, I was said to Ken, i got to ask Arthur if I ever meet him, if he was related to him. But... I'm not a big prop guy, so I won't be running down to get those sheets. But I, I've been I've been in the super contest many years. I I cashed money twice, so uh, I'm mainly a, an NFL guy. Even though I follow all the sports, and uh, I think we're going to have a good Super Bowl. So far, I'm on the Eagles minus one, and I'm on uh, under fifty one. They're my bets at the moment, so uh, I'm hoping that they can uh, bring me home some money, and it'll be a, a the end to a good, very good season. Well, you know, as far as just the side and total of the game goes so far, we've seen nothing but over money come in. I mean, you know, we opened that game after the championship games on Sunday. We opened it 48 and a half, 49, and now it's already at 51. So who knows what the apex of that total is going to be. Eventually we will see some under money come in because that's just always how it goes. You'll eventually see resistance at the highest number. I don't know if 51 is the highest number yet. And as far as the Eagles side goes, Eagles were the play very early, got to two and a half. Then you saw the fight back with uh, the chief money that came in because people felt two and a half was too much. The money line was too high, you know, especially when it's basically under a field where you're going to see a lot of people take a chance with the dog on the money line, and then they'll lay the points with the favorite. That's usually how it goes in these big games. Andy Isco. Yeah, I was going to say one thing, by the way. The last four Super Bowls have all stayed uh, under the total, including, of course, that uh, Rams-Patriots game that uh, stayed under, I think, by uh, uh, by 40 points. Uh, Arthur, uh, maybe you have a good hand, uh, handle on the handle. Uh, what are the projections? I thought that coming into the conference championship games, all four potential matchups could be uh, outstanding. I think there's a lot of intrigue in, in this uh, matchup. How how close do you think the, uh, the 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 Westgate and the state of Nevada may come to setting a new record as far as handle? Yeah, you know, there's always the uh, potential for that, obviously. And I'm with you. I, I think despite what matchup we got, we were going to get a great matchup. Obviously, the Eagles have been here now a couple of times in the last four or five years. The Chiefs seem to be in the championship game or the Super Bowl every year. Patrick Mahomes is a very popular player, best player in the league. So I think the interest in the game is there. I think the tight point spread will draw a lot of people to the game. And then, 
you know, listen, as far as the props go, well, we're going to offer four to 450 props. I mean, the props have just taken over this thing. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to have their side in total, but everyone will probably have five to 15 prop bets that they have. So with, you know, that as well, it's uh has the chance to be, like you said, a record-setting uh, handle. As, as I think I recall Jay saying last year, and I would imagine it be true this year, is that uh, uh, the props are approaching, if not already exceeding, the uh, over the, the total handle uh, where it used to be, you know, maybe 80, 20, 90, 10 for just the uh, uh, the side in total with all the additional props that have come in over the years. That now I think it's almost 50-50. And I think the same may hold true as far as the percentage of the handle that is live versus on the apps now this year with the uh, additional uh, people coming in and signing up for apps, whether it be a local or, as you, I think, have mentioned before, you know, you can be a Vegas resident for the Super Bowl weekend and be able to play all the uh, all the props and all the other sports you want just from uh, in your seat. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I think the app has obviously been a complete game changer. You know, I would just hear stories from the guys who have been there for, you know, way longer than I obviously have. And, you know, before the app, you know, Super Bowl weekend on a Friday, Saturday night, you'd have to keep the book open till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning because there would just be lines and lines and lines. But – now the fact that you have people who can come in, they can come here, even if they are a non-Nevada uh, resident, and they can get the app and just feel comfortable betting the whole weekend on their app. I mean, I know a lot of people like to stand in line and get the paper tickets and all those type of things, but, you know, the app is a real game changer with that. So, yeah, I'm sure our handle as far as do we take more action on the app or at the window probably 50-50 or probably even a little bit more shaded towards the app. Arthur, you know, real quick, because only a couple minutes to go in the segment, but I think that's very important, especially for people that are inside the state of Nevada, but maybe at the Superbook and maybe there to watch the game and take it all in. But when it comes to halftime or even the in-game wagering, when you go to a commercial or whatnot, a lot of times you, if you want to be there and you don't have the app downloaded, you're going to get in line and you're going to look to get a certain number, a side or total number that you see attractive. By the time you get to that window, if you're in the middle of the line, number one, you could get shut out, or number two, you may not get that same number. If you have the app, that makes it real easy. You can get down on it with the number that you look at that is a great point kt and i think the big things are the two that you mentioned obviously we're going to have all the in-game going at every commercial break and commercial breaks are a lot longer during the super bowl obviously because they're pumping out all those million dollar commercials but you know we're going to have as many windows as we can but you know sometimes people they lollygag at the windows you could get shut out halftime a little bit more extended it's not a 15 minute halftime probably like a 25-minute or 30-minute halftime. But, yeah, if you get the app, you could just be there. You could be at the bar. You could be in your seat. You could be sitting in your car, you know, outside at halftime and make the bet. So I agree. I think this is the weekend. This type of weekend of March Madness are the best time to get the app. All right, last thing before I let you go. You're a big New York Rangers fan like KT. What about the blue shirts going forward after the All-Star break? You expect them to do some damage? And who do you expect – for them to have to battle. I mean, I think Boston and Carolina are both live, but I like Carolina to represent the Eastern Conference, at least at this time. I don't disagree. I have a ticket myself preseason, 14-1 on the uh, Hurricanes. I think they're a very good team. Obviously, the Rangers have a little bit of rivalry with them in the division. I mean, Boston's been phenomenal. You can't take anything away from them. 
They should be the top two teams in the East. You know, all those other teams are going to have shots like the Rangers. The Devils are young, but, you know, Tampa is still there. Toronto, can they get over the hump? The East is going to be a gauntlet just like it was last year. But I always say, when you got a guy like Igor, if he can get hot, you never know what happens in the playoffs. Great stuff. At Art Dice 21. Follow my man on Twitter. Go down, see him at the Superbook. He is Arthur DeCesar. Dice Man will do it again next Wednesday. Unless you need to shift, I'll always accommodate my man. You're the best. We'll talk to you next week. KT, you're the best. There you go. Great stuff. Hour number one in the books. KT, Mike Scaliot, Andy Isco, producer Mark Hope. We're all coming back. Hour number two, PSBR Law Studios, live from Vegas. Keep it right here. 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140, The Bet. We'll be right back, live from Vegas. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan to day for peace of mind visit pdcenterlv.com rob ritchie farmers insurance 702-335-5744 702-335-5744 laborers union 872 the builders of allegiant stadium and the las vegas ballpark home of the aviators Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, uh, Mike Scalliton studio, special guest, Andy Isco, usually with me on Throwback Thursday, Mark Hoke producing the show. 12-3, we gave you the final West over the East in the East-West Shrine game, uh, Shrine game covering the one-and-a-half point spread. They were favored one-and-a-half, total 43-and-a-half game stays well under. So that was right here at Allegiant Stadium, and it's a big weekend, of course, with Pro Bowl activities coming up. And, Andy, I did not know if you and Mike uh, saw the story with Derek Carr and uh, he has been talking to Peyton Manning, amongst others, here in town. Derek Carr was named as an alternate quarterback on that AFC team. Now, it is flag football, uh, Pro Bowl, they're doing that. So, you know, there's not the danger of guys getting hurt as easily in a tackle game where you're going, you know, quarter speed, half speed, and sometimes maybe turning it on a little bit uh, to where guys are too relaxed and things happen uh, as opposed to, you know, you can still get hurt in a flag football game, but odds are it's probably uh, not going to happen. So Carr being named an alternate, but he came out and said uh, that he would not grant uh, the Raiders extensive time as far as I believe it's the February 15th trigger date as far as on his contract, uh, which would give the team additional time to solve his situation. Uh, right now they're trying to find a trade partner. Carr has already realized that he's not going to be part of the Raiders' plans 
Uh, it's February 15th. I believe that the $40 million in guarantee kicks in. There is a little caveat that I did see that if he did get hurt playing in this Pro Bowl, uh, that the Raiders could be on the hook for $33 million, uh, for you know for this deal that's coming up for you know next season because I think it falls under the actual year. But I uh, didn't read all of it closely like that, but I did read that somewhere. So uh, your take as far as the Derek Carr situation, where do you expect Derek Carr to end up? I see visions of him going to New York or playing in Jersey there at MetLife for the Jets. That's the feeling that I have uh, if the Jets do not get Aaron Rodgers, which I know Nathaniel Hackett is over there as offensive coordinator, and I think the Jets will try and grab Aaron Rodgers. But if not, I think Derek Carr would be a great fit because here in Vegas and in Oakland, in the Times, his nine years there as a member of the Raiders as far as, far as starting quarterback, they've never had a defense that's ranked inside the top 20 out of 32 teams in his nine years. The Jets' defense is pretty darn good, and I think there's some key pieces there. I know Brees Hall coming off an injury, but Garrett Wilson, an outstanding young receiver. I think there's some pieces, and I think the Jets would surround him with some more to kind of up the ante as far as that offense, and he'd be a perfect guy uh, to maybe help out Zach Wilson, who's not ready to start in this league as of yet. Yeah, and you wonder if uh, Zach Wilson has worn out his welcome or if getting Hackett to be the offensive quarter can make a difference and uh, bring out uh, uh, the talent that he uh, had shown in in college, uh, but has been a disappointment. Uh, you know, Salah, the coach, is a defensive coach, so didn't really uh, get a lot of uh, help from him. As far as uh, Derek Carr, uh, hadn't really thought about where he could go. You know, there are a lot of quarterbacks who, uh, for example, let's see, Tannehill, is he going to be healthy at Tennessee? That could be a place for him with a good running game with uh, Derek Henry, and the defense is decent. Uh, who knows? Maybe he ends up in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, doesn't come back. Although I think if, if Rodgers does not come back, I think they turn it over to Jordan Love. Uh, so it's hard. But maybe, uh, well, uh, Arizona might be a different situation now that Kingsbury is out. And, you know, Kyler Murray may uh, feel a lot more comfortable in his situation. So, uh, you know, you've got Baltimore. If, if they don't sign uh, Lamar Jackson uh, or franchise him, that could be a place. But, uh uh, as far as what uh, what Derek Carr said, he's got to look right at this point. He's got to look out for what's in his best interest, and if it happens to hurt the Raiders, it hurts the Raiders because the Raiders are the ones who made the decision they don't want him back, and they're doing what they think is best for their organization. Derek has to do what uh, he thinks is best for him and his family, and you know it may come down to that February fifteenth decision. I think if it does, I think the Raiders are just going to have to release him and accept the fact that they're not going to get anything in return. Mike Scally at the Raiders going forward. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that's got good rapport, although it's been several years since uh, he and McDaniels worked together in New England. But Garoppolo gaining starting experience and coming off what was a decent season up until his injury. And then, of course, Brock Purdy stepping in and they've got Trey Lance under contract and uh, Kyle Shanahan coming out and saying more than likely it looks like Garoppolo and the 49ers will be parting ways heading into this season. Do you see Garoppolo as that guy since Brady said and made it definitive that he is not coming back because I would have, uh, you know, probably pushed all my chips to the middle thinking that Brady would be here had he said he was going to play one more season. But do you see Garoppolo as being a guy that fits in as far as with Coach McDaniels and also Jarrett Stidham, who, you know, had an outstanding game against the 49ers, the next to last game of the regular season, struggled in the finale against the Kansas City Chiefs, but also somebody that knows that system under McDaniels very well. Do you see those two potentially being the tandem for the Raiders coming up? I do. I think Garoppolo would be a good play here. 
coming in with McDaniels, who he's familiar with, and you keep Stidham and let Stidham learn a little bit more because he only played a couple games. Unless, you know, unless Devontae Adams can have enough juice to bring Aaron, convince Aaron Rodgers to come here, it wouldn't be the worst thing. The Raiders would have some good offense, whether it's Rodgers or Garoppolo. And they got to sign Jacobs. They got to sign Jacobs, yes. And they need a store, you know, and they got to get better on defense. But uh, going back to Carr, I, I got a place for him, Carolina, with Frank Reich. I think that would be a good place for him. I don't think Sam Darnold's the answer. He's had a couple chances there. The Jets, they, you know, you bring in Carr, you get another receiver to go along with more. I think that would be a very good place for Derek Carr. You know, Vegas, the limelight, New Jersey, that's a good spot maybe with the Jets. But, you know, it's it's a big uh, big place, big city, you know. Can he handle that? I, I, I don't know. He's been around long enough that he should. But I, I, I think he's got a good place for him as Carolina. But uh, here, Jimmy G or Rodgers, I think, would play in well, Ken. Andy, what about your take as far as first on the Raiders going forward? And then also, what about for Derek Carr, maybe a place like New Orleans? Looks like they've given up on Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, the senior statesman, but he's getting up there. I mean, he still was adequate enough to uh, do a decent job on the field, but I think Derek Carr uh, would be much more effective. And there's still plenty of good, solid skill position weapons there with the Saints. I was just thinking the same thing, that they, when healthy, they've got a very solid receiving core, and I think that might be a very good place for uh, for Derek Carr to end up. Uh, you're right, uh, Dalton is uh, towards the end of his career. Uh, we know that uh, Derek has uh, six, seven good years remaining if we go by the average age of quarterbacks who have been decent, you know, above-average quarterbacks in the league. And the Saints' defense, uh, pretty much an underrated defense. And you look at that division now with uh, no longer Brady at Tampa Bay. You know, maybe Tampa Bay's a possible situation mm-hmm. as well. They've got some good receivers. But that's a wide-open division now with Tampa Bay uh, ostensibly weaker than past years. Atlanta making some progress. Carolina starting a new regime with uh, Frank Reich as coach. And New Orleans, uh, you know, second year of, uh, uh, of, of their coaching staff. So... Uh, it, although I think they, I think they made some announcements. They made some change in offensive coordinator today, I believe, for, for the Saints. But that's that's a very good possibility as well. Yeah, Dennis Allen's still there and uh, never turned to Jameis Winston, even after he was healthy. Stayed with Andy Dalton. Uh, again, Chris Olave doing a nice job in his first year out of Ohio State. Michael Thomas still a guy that we're Kamara. waiting to see that guy get on the field consistently. Right, Kamara started out very sluggish. Uh, took him a while, I think, till you know maybe his eighth game before he actually hit pay dirt. Uh, but struggled mightily. Now he's still got problems, legal problems here, right here in the city of Las Vegas coming up. I believe he goes to court sometime in February. Uh, we'll see what transpire what transpires from last year's Pro Bowl uh, here in Las Vegas when he got into some trouble with a fight at one of the clubs, being part of a uh, fight, kicking a man in the head when the guy was down and out. And uh, the video uh, definitely goes against what Alan Kamara said. And we'll see what his legal team can pull out of their hat to try and uh, save him from uh, being suspended indefinitely by the NFL and maybe some uh, some ramifications as far as, uh, you know, the law is concerned. So we'll How see about, we'll let that uh, play out. How about a plea deal where he uh, uh, pays a fine, a substantial fine, and uh, several hundred hours community service? Yeah, well, that doesn't help the guy that got kicked in the head when he was knocked that, that'll, out. That'll be a civil suit. Okay, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy is... Uh, Definitely going to, uh, I, I would think, uh, 
be the beneficiary of some money, and rightly so, with what happened to him over here in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, Mike Scallion on the Throwback Thursday, talking a little NFL football, big game coming up a week from this Sunday, Pro Bowl here in town, and a lot of great events uh, planned around the Pro Bowl and the NFL getting actively involved in the communities uh, as far as the Pro Bowl goes and as far as the Super Bowl goes. They do some things with the Boys and Girls Club. There's been several events going on here in the Vegas Valley, and I will talk about some of them tomorrow on a Friday football fiasco as we move on forward. And I will also get my producer, Mark Hoke's take as far as the game goes. We know he's an Eagles fan, but you know what? Like I said, he calls it the way he sees it. He just happens to see it through uh, green and silver glasses this year, and I can't blame him because I think uh, we're both going to be toasting if the Eagles take care of business this year. But I know Mark will be enjoying that game a week from this Sunday coming up, and we'll talk about it tomorrow on a Friday football fiasco. Uh, Andy Isco, uh, all those props, how many do you see yourself getting involved in? What's been the uh, amount of props on average that you've gotten involved in over the last several Super Bowls? I don't get heavily involved dollar-wise in props, but I do get involved in a lot of the props themselves. And I think uh, Mike and I were talking about it at dinner. I look at a lot of the plus prices because when you're looking at a one-game situation, a lot of these are priced and thought about from well over the course of a season. This happens, but it's a one-game situation. And you know, if you can find a few that seem to be related to the way that you expect the game to be uh, played, you might be able to string a series of, of wins together of, of cashing tickets on the props if indeed you, uh, uh, you, your analysis is, is fairly accurate. As I say, it's, for me, uh, the props are more of a recreation thing. I think it's a lot of fun to just enhance the enjoyment of the game and maybe make a few bucks at the time. I did want to point out a couple of things that, uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about with Art, and that's the, the the props shop around for the props there are different prices at different properties but also read the wording of the props because it sometimes will there sometimes could be some very subtle differences particularly players must play for action if no touchdown scored it's a refund or it's a loss depending upon how that prop is worded and uh it's it's important to realize that uh, it's your responsibility to understand what the wording of the prop is. They may look the same at two different properties. In fact, even at the same property, s- similar type props may be worded differently. It's almost like the old thing. You've got to be aware, for example, when you used to play the parlay cards, and we're used to seeing payoffs uh, in, in, in like parlays, for example, you know, three to one as opposed to three, four, one, so, uh, which is completely different. Three for one is two to one. Three to one is three to one, so there's a big difference there. And it comes to the same thing with the props. Be careful of the wording and shop around. There you go. Mike Scally, heads or tails, my man. Minus 101 on both at the Superbook. And you're saying tails. you're going to go tails, right? Tails, tails never fails as far as Scaliot's concerned. That's it. Tails never fails. And Andy Isco, what were you saying? 29-27 so I far? I heard 29-27. It's been tails. In, in the favorite tails. So uh, we'll see if... Hey, Scally, you let me know. You're going tails. I'm going heads. You know what? I, I, I mean... I think it's nice that they're laying one-on-one, but why not give everyone a chance to win an even-money bet for the first prop to gonna, that's going to be decided here? Now, there'll be a different prop elsewhere because you're going to bet on the national anthem offshore. You can't do that here in Nevada. But why not just make it minus 100 each way, and uh, it's a true 50-50 proposition, assuming that the coin is uh, you know, it's evenly balanced, which it normally is. Well, at least everyone has a chance to say, hey, I won, an, I won, an, I won a bet. There was no juice involved. Mike, I remember playing this bet uh, when I first moved to Vegas and I saw these props come out. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to give me plus money on this? (laughs) This is a joke. This is like stealing. And it was, will either team 
in the mm. game, score three straight times. The yes, minus 180 now, and the no, plus 160. At that time, I think it was even a bigger discrepancy there. But I was like, oh, my God, they're giving money away. And how many times does it happen where one team will score three successive times somewhere along the game? And by, the way, and by the way, they do put in there that does not include extra point or two-point conversion. So touchdown, extra point, touchdown, is not three straight scores. It's two straight scores. Very good. A good clarification there. But, Mike, it is unreal how many times that does happen. That's When I do play props, Ken, that's one I've played. I play that. I play will there be a defensive score and maybe a safety. I, keep, I, I only play two or three. It's not my biggest thing. But I was looking at Andy's sheet, but you're right, thinking, oh, they won't score three in a row. What are you kidding? And you watch it, and it happens many times, and even in regular games during during the season, but especially in the Super Bowl. But the one I noticed that I liked – on Andy's sheet was the Eagles minus four and a half plus one forty five, because I, I, in my opinion, they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Even though I laid one, but for you know, we put up a hundred to win one forty five. To me, is a nice bet. Andy, I, I know Fezical, uh, uh who's the king of props. I know he'll he'll crush me for saying this, but I always take a chance on that. Will either team score in the final two minutes of the first half? And the no is a three to one underdog. So I'm like. You know, I'm just hoping there's about a minute 58 to go and one team punts from their own 45 and buries the other team down around their own 10 and then that team just gets a first down and runs the clock out and I'm going to win 3-1. to one. I'll take a shot on it again. I'm just a sucker for that. I know more times than not, especially indoor in Arizona, you, with these two field goal kickers, especially with Butker, I mean, these guys are good from 60 yards now indoors. But have you played that prop consistently? I have not. I'd be more likely to play the won't be scoring in the first six and a half or seven and a half minutes of the first quarter as these teams uh, tend to uh, feel each other out. Now, that may change this year because both uh, both coaches, Andy Reid and, uh, and uh, Sirianni, they tend to be gamblers. They tend to be aggressive. They may come out throwing right off the, right off the bat. Uh, they might be uh, going it for... Uh, uh, for it on fourth down more than once or twice uh, throughout the course of the game, even even early in the game. So you know, I think that uh, you know when you got a guy like Belichick, more likely than not, he's going to be very conservative. When you get a guy like Andy Reid, more likely to be uh, some uh, uh, some explosive plays. At least they'll take a chance on it. Could backfire. Um, we might see some defensive uh, touchdowns in this game or eight. Detail, you know, you, you've got the two teams that led the NFL in sacks. You've got a quarterback in Mahomes that. Uh, uh, is uh, not as mobile as he might normally be if he were healthy. I think uh, Jalen Hurts has uh, had some issues being sacked this year, so you might see something like that occur. But again, they're all possibilities. It's just a question of how likely are they to occur in one specific game. You might say it'll occur in one out of ten games or one out of eight games, but you can't say that it might occur in the, that, that it would that it's likely to occur in this game. And I think that's all priced into the numbers as well. You know, when you say uh, when you see like, will there be a safety minus one thousand uh, on the uh, no, plus six hundred on the yes? I haven't figured the odds out, but I've got to believe it's probably closer to about eight to one rather than the uh, minus ten that you uh, that you would lay to play the no, and the plus six that you would get if you were to take the. Uh, uh, the other side. There you go. And Butker, not the best on extra points. They do have a prop up. Will there be a missed extra point kick, Mike Scally? Yes, plus 350, no, minus 420. Uh, you know, sometimes you want to take chances on that. And so if, if I'm going to play those, I'm going to not play 
a full unit, but I may, you know, play a third of a unit on several different uh, deals like that. Well, uh, yeah, there'll be a two-point conversion or, or there'll be a two-point attempt or whatever, and there'll be a missed extra point. Take some of those fun ones, a safety, and just hope something crazy happens and it's one of these wild games that all of a sudden you look back and go, wow, I hit two out of those three crazy props that I played. I may have lost the game, but at the end of the day, I made more money on these crazy props. Yeah, you could get lucky with some of those props. I, I used to lean to, will there be a two-point conversion uh, will they make a fourth down? Mm-hmm. But that with that extra point, I would lean that he might miss one. He he didn't have the year he's had he's had in the past, Butker. He wasn't as consistent. I don't know what the stats are. Well, he yeah, he, and he missed, some, he missed some time as well. Right. Uh, somebody that I'll look to make money on, and I have made money on, uh, is Isaiah Pacheco. Andy Isco, this guy is solid. Yeah, his, like first, his first rushing yeah. attempt, over or under, three and a half yards, overs plus 120, Pacheco's one of those guys, man. I mean, getting four yards for him, all he needs to do is have a crack at daylight, and he's going to get you four yards. Yeah, if he can get by the Philadelphia defensive line, which uh, might be a lot easier than uh, may actually occur. Uh, the, again, I get him around the corner. Yeah, it's tough to go off tackle against that Eagle line, no question. Yeah, yeah And the linebacking core, for sure. He's been running hard since he got into the lineup with the with the Chiefs. Yeah, he looks like, where's he from, Rutgers? Yep. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing hard. I like the kid, but like Andy said, it— I don't. You don't know what's going to go with those kind of, with those kind of props. But what what uh, Alex, uh, the Caesar said, Arthur said, there's 47 or 48 sheets. Ken, there got to be a couple that look real strong, right, Andy? I yeah. would say they, they may not that many. No, the Westgate has been out for what about uh, a little over two hours. They may be strong, but not as strong as they were when they first came out because the Sharps have been preparing, doing their work oh, for yeah. the last uh, week, and probably a number of them charting certain things throughout the course of the season in anticipation of right. which teams might be in the uh, Super Bowl. So the good numbers are going to be are the best. I should say the best numbers have already probably been taken. There are still going to be some good numbers out there, just not the best numbers. Yeah, and there's no question that uh, both these field goal kickers, uh, Jake Elliott for the Eagles and, of course, Butker for uh, Kansas City Chiefs are very solid kickers. Will both kickers kick a field goal of at least 33 yards in the game? And that's, you know, minus 110 both ways. I would tend to go over on that one, Andy. Well, a 33-and-a-half-yard field goal. Let's see, you take off the 10 yards. 20, that's what, a field goal from the 15? 15, 15, uh, se- 16. 16 okay, so, yeah, seven yards se- back. Yeah, seven or eight yards, depending upon. So 33 know, or further, yeah. yeah. So, well, the only thing is, what would it be on fourth down as far as if you're that close, if you're on the 15 or 16-yard line and it's fourth and one, both of these coaches might decide to go for it, depending upon the situation in the game. You need both coaches to say, okay, we will attempt a relatively short field goal. So yeah. uh, that, that, I think that's, uh, what's, what's the uh, yes well, no, on no, that? No, there could be a 50-yarder. It's got to be th- more than 33 yards. No, I'm, oh, okay. You, you, you're looking at the over. Yeah. Uh, again, it's. Uh, I would tend to think. Uh, it looks easy. It, yeah, see, it looks easy. It looks what, easy. What's, what's the price on that? It's even, as I said, minus 110 both ways. Well, both teams have one. So uh, both teams at the end of the game will have to have a field goal in excess of 33 yards. Uh, I would probably, well. It lo- again, it looks the obvious one is to say yes because both of these teams have very good offenses that could end up stalling. Yep, and, because, because they both and, got and, good and defenses I on third down. Yes, Ken. Yeah, and, yes. and two kickers that have sure. range yeah, of right. fifty-eight yards and in. Right. You know, indoors. There's no question. Both these guys have had right. to no, no uh, wind. be pressed. Can 
can kick a 60 yarder. Yeah, it'll be no wind. No, you know, can't can't be affected that way. So. Yeah, I think that's one that I'm going to definitely jump on. Uh, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, so I'm kind of going through these. <clears throat> Take a break real quick. Come back. We're going to maybe touch on some of the other props. But, folks, I encourage you to get down not only to the Westgate Superbook, but go to some of the other shops as well. If you have your app, you can probably bring all this stuff up on the app. I'm fortunate that I'm on the email list there, and I use that you know, for the show. But I'll be down there after the show grabbing up some of those uh, paper versions as far as – it's just a lot of fun to go through all those pages like uh, – Arthur was saying how many pages uh, of, of, of props, just be able to go through them. And I love the cross-promotional props, and you'll have NBA games and, and NHL games that are going on uh, You know, during that Sunday. Sometimes Saturday night, they may even take some college basketball or some NBA games from Saturday night and then coincide one of those statistics, like maybe LeBron with his, uh, you know, points in the game on Saturday night as, and then, you know, compare that to, you know, somebody as far as receiving yards or rushing yards and have a minus or plus somewhere. Very, very interesting. And again, creativity at its finest with the sports book over there at the Westgate Superbook. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, Mike Scalia cruising on a throwback Thursday. Get you caught up on a lot of the scores when we come back. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 on the FM side, KDWN, 1140 the bet on the AM side, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that sucker now. It is a free app, and uh, you can always search KDWN or search SportsX Radio. Mark Hoke producing the show, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. The best of professional wrestling. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, Mike Scalliott on a throwback Thursday. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. I go to the bar. I read my coat. I caught a bartender. I said, look, man, come down here. He got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. I want scotch. I want beer. Since I don't know when I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man. I'm gonna get loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear? Yeah, baby, the legendary George Thurgood. Mark Hoke spinning the hits on a throwback Thursday. Had to let that play a little bit. Understandably, uh, I think I read somewhere that they just found classified documents somewhere in George Thurgood's Yeah, but you know what happened to him? Of course, he blamed it on one of the Delaware destroyers. There you go. That's exactly what he did. And uh, I think that's still all tied to Biden, but we're not sure. So we'll just let that play out as well. KT on a throwback Thursday, Andy Isco, Mike Scalliott, a rare appearance. His second, though, in the last month, uh, got to see your brother, Albert. And Albert, of course, the proud owner of three great establishments here in the Vegas Valley. None better, Italian restaurant-wise, than legendary Dom DeMarco's right there in the Summerlin side. He's got a couple of Brooklyn pizza places as well. I mean, he's the successful brother. You're the one that takes his money and bets it all on sports. You're like, hey, bro, I can, I can double that money, no problem. And he's actually trusted in you because he doesn't know jack about sports. But, Mike, he trusts you. I've made him plenty of money with the sports, Ken. I, I know. You know, he used to, when we were kids. He I was mean, leery at the beginning, but now he's like, all right. I had, I had to prove myself. Yep. But the first year, he said to me, let's enter this contest. And, I, and that's the year I came in fourth, so. So I got off to a good start, and 
You know, but back in Pennsylvania when we were dealing with bookies, I had the up and downs like everybody else. But I seemed that for some reason since Vegas from 05 to now, I've been very successful. Did he bail so, you out back in PA when you were uh, struggling? No. no, Never? I had it. No, he, he would take me to the bank and introduce me to the bank manager, and he said, give my brother a loan. <laughs> that was it. No, no, that's my brother, good enough, right? Yeah, no. But, you know, if it was a li- if it was only a little bit of money, I could count on him. When it got to a little bit more, then he said, you're on your own. You're on so. your own, kid. Get out of here. Right. right. And, of course, uh, you know, he's like me with that sweet tooth, man. He loves those desserts, but they have some ridiculous desserts over at Dom DeMarco's. You get that great Italian food, and then you top it off with some of that stuff over I mean, my goodness, man. It's just that menu is outstanding. Folks, please, right off Charleston there. You can't miss it. Dom DeMarco's, some of the best <clears throat> Italian food I've ever had. And I've been, you know, East Coast big time like these guys. I live in Italian neighborhoods. And, of course, Dad being from Brooklyn, the Bensonhurst side of Brooklyn, you know, always the, the cannoli, everything. I mean, it's just unbelievable block parties. I used to love going to those suckers and trying all the different foods and desserts. And, my God, just uh, could have just taken a harpoon and put it through me after one of those nights. But good stuff, man. I love myself over there at Don DeMarco's. Christina, my wife, loves it as well. And uh, we sent many people. I know Chicago Bill, a big fan. Uh, Chicago Bill, we're all praying for you, buddy. Uh, he's going through tough times right now. His beautiful wife, Joanne, 58 years young, or 58 years they've been together, married together, and uh, both in their uh, late 70s right now. But Joe's health, not the best. So our prayers and, and our thoughts are with Chicago Bill. He is an avid listener, uh, suffering through SportsX Radio for many, many years, uh, 7 to 9 and now 8 to 10. But Chicago Bill, he's always had it on 720 on the AM side. Now it's set to 101.5 FM, and we encourage you to do the same. And don't forget to download that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Ken Thompson, Mike Scali, Andy Isco on a throwback Thursday. AI, uh, college basketball, you getting into it big time now? Well, much more now that uh, football has wound down. I sort of, uh, I've said before that so overwhelmed with what, you have to do during the football season, especially when basketball get college hoops gets underway in November, early November. It seems earlier every every year, but it's usually about the first, uh, between seventh and tenth of November. Uh, and there are people who you know there are people who don't bet the other sports and they bet basketball, especially college basketball. So you know I'm not going to try and go up against the sharp guys who have been working you know nonstop, and I've just been able to devote a small portion of my time to just basically keeping up with some of the the basic stuff, but now that uh, we've had a lot of uh, form to be displayed and I've caught up a lot, gotten more involved and uh, uh, more uh, more plays being made in uh, college basketball. But, uh, you know, sort of going back to what Mike said, one of the things you learn here in Vegas is that you don't need to have action on every game. Yep, no question about it. Not only that, you also, as Chuck Edel told me, KT, just because it's the last football game doesn't mean you have to bet ten times uh, you, you know, what you would normally bet on a football game just because it's just the Super Bowl, right? It's another game, and, yeah, you've got the props out there. So do them to where, again, you, you don't want to bank on all these props. I mean, there are successful guys, and Steve Fezzik's one of the best I've ever seen as far as the, the props. And he's got his numbers, you know, based on what's been going on with the sports books over the years. So he has an idea of some of the things that are going to come out. So he already has his numbers set. So when these numbers come out, He's already, he knows, you know, if it's at this number, this is where I'm going. If it's at that number, and if it's too close to where I don't want to get involved, I won't get involved. And he disciplines himself. Chuck Edel the same way. Uh, but really, Fez is the king of props. And, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot of 
uh, little tidbits from guys like Crackman and Chuck Edel and Fezzik and Brad Powers. Brad's the best there is in college football, and and all these guys are very very solid. And uh, you, you know, Andy, you're you're very disciplined yourself, Mike as well. And so all of you have kind of helped me out uh, learn the ropes over the last two decades here in Las Vegas. One game still going in the NBA, and it's tightened up big time. A minute 48 to go fourth quarter. Clippers lead the Bucks, but only by a point now, 105-104. Keep an eye on that one as it rolls on down. The other six games are all final. Lakers 112-111 come back from 15 down, beat the Pacers. Game stays under. Lakers do not cover, though. They were favored by 2.5 in that game in Indianapolis. Cavaliers 128-113 beat the Grizzlies. Two losses in two nights for Memphis. As uh, the Cavs win it six and a half, they were minus. They get the win to cover. The game flies over the two twenty-two and a half. Knicks come back, beat the Heat. They were actually three-point home dogs. Brunson did not play in that game, but the Knicks found a way to get it done. One hundred six, one hundred four at Madison Square Garden. I can tell you, Noah Parker, the Crooklyn Baller, probably had the Knicks tonight. I think he bets them every night. Bulls one fourteen ninety-eight. They blow out the Hornets. Game stays under. Bulls cover the six and a half. Mavs at home minus five. Push that number. Win it by five against the Pelicans. One eleven, one hundred six. Game also staying under the total. And then Warriors. Two losses in two nights. Blew a big lead last night and lost. Lost again tonight in the Mile High City. Get blown out by Denver, 134-117. Nuggets minus 7.5. Cover that easily, winning it by that 17 points. And the game gets over the 239, hitting 251. In college basketball, they had matinee action. Wisconsin-Milwaukee beat IUPUI. IUPUI, Andy, they're in the uh, summit. They're in last place. They've yet to win a game. But their last four games, they were very solid. And I think they've covered all four of those games. It was an early game. They were plus 12, and they only lose by three. You have to follow these teams. Even if they're not teams that are going to do well in the standings, you've got to pick and choose your spots and see if there's a time maybe to play some of these teams that are playing uh, with different mindset. And for me, when I see a team like the Jaguars playing with heart, I'm going to look to make some money on them. Yeah, well, what, what I often tell people, and been doing this for years, uh, you got 353 Division One teams for many years, only maybe the top 150 to 175, the major conferences and the mid-majors, were on the board. Well, now, and it's been this way for probably five, six, maybe even longer, every game, every game amongst two of those 353 teams is on the board. So Prairie View A&M against Texas Southern is on the board. It's almost impossible to devote enough time to cover all 353 teams unless you're sort of like a numbers player and uh, you just look at the numbers and you make your decisions based upon power ratings and little else. Now, of course, it's more dangerous to do that because you've got to be aware of injuries and those are factored into the line moves and with the Internet, much more information out there. So if you want to, if you're getting started, concentrate on just maybe – if you half a dozen conferences, which will get you somewhere in the vicinity of between, oh, let's say 65 and 80, 85 teams, and make it some of those small conferences. You know, the minus 110 pays the same amount each way, whether it's the Southwestern Athletic Conference or the Big Ten. So uh, if you follow some of those smaller conferences, you can have an edge because while the lines makers may be only using limited information, The time that you would spend studying the other 300 teams, you can devote to studying those 50, 60, 70, 80 teams that uh, the lines makers don't. So you can find some edges there. There you go. All right. Well, I was bailed out by Arizona at the McHale Center. They win by 15 against Oregon, avenge a blowout loss at the Matthew Knight Arena up in Eugene from earlier this season. 91-76, the final game gets over the 151.5, and Arizona covers the closing number of eight. St. Mary's leads by seven right now over San Francisco, 9.32 to go. That game in Moraga 
Gale's favored by 11.5, 12, but 11.5 at the Superbook, 129.5 your total. We'll keep an eye on that one. San Francisco making a nice run there in the second half. Gonzaga up 15 big ones on Santa Clara, 845 to go up in Spokane. They're minus 12.5 in that game, 69-54. They lead the Broncos. And again, 845 left in regulation. USC's come back now to take a lead over Washington State, 51-49. Trojans at the Galen Center, minus 7. Lost the first game up there in the Palouse. And uh, it's 51-49 SC by 2, 11.56 to go in the second half there. And those are the games that are going right now. You see Santa Barbara beat Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, but only by 6. They were laying 15, do not cover, game gets over the total. Portland State, 69-66, beat Idaho, do not cover the 5, win it by 3, game stays under. UC Irvine by 16, they get the cover of the 7 against UC San Diego, game stays under the total. Eastern Washington goes to 11-0 and now in the big sky. They sweep Sacramento State 82-63. They get the win just laying one on the road, 137.5. That game flies over the total. Long Beach State sweeping Cal State Fullerton. KT losing, going against the Beach and Dan Monson. Fullerton had a two-point lead. They were minus two, but the Beach scored the last five points in that game, win at 70-67. Colorado beat Cal by 13. They were laying 15.5, so Tad Boyle's buffs do not cover. They get the win. Game stays under the total. Cal State Bakersfield, the Roadrunners make it two in a row. They surprised Hawaii on the island in their last game and they beat uc riverside that used to be a big d2 rivalry uh pat Doug- or, uh douglas was the uh was the coach i'm trying to think if it, uh, pat douglas yeah i think it was uh pat douglas they're the coach for cal state bakersfield they won three division two titles in five years and then uc riverside was their arch rival and i was calling highlander games back in the day when they went to the national championship game against southern indiana and bruce pearl if you uh, pay attention now you'll see southern indiana their first year division one the jaguars doing a nice job in the ohio valley portland beat san diego on the road bad night for steve lavin's boys 80 to 61 portland the pilots bury him by 19 uh, San Diego actually minus two. That game stays under the total. Pepperdine gets beat at Pacific by nine. Tigers were at home at the Spanos Arena. Minus one and a half. They get the cover. The game stays under. Houston wins, but only by nine at Wichita. Favored 12 and a half. So Samson's boys do not cover, but they get the W. Game pushes the total of 131. 70 to 61 the final. You see Davis by 12 over Hawaii. 75 63. Uh, Hawaii actually a two-point road favorite. The Aggies get the win and the cover. UCLA 70-61. to They beat Washington. Do not cover the 17. Win it by nine. Uh, game staying under the total. And uh, let me duck in a couple more big games, and then I'll uh, see if I can close out. Uh, BYU buried Loyola Marymount by 28. Win cover game gets over. 89-61, the final from Provo. Uh, speaking of Southern Indiana, I'm patting them on the back, and they get beat at home by Tennessee State, 80-76. They were favored 7.5 and, and lose it by 4 in a game that gets over by a half, a, uh, actually 2.5 points. Uh, crazy one, Southeast Missouri State, this game had to go overtime at least one, 99-98. They beat Arkansas Little Rock, so do not cover, but they get the win at home. Stanford surprised Utah in Salt Lake City. Nice effort by the Cardinal. 78-72, game gets over the total, and they were 5.5-point dogs. Bobby Hurley's team wins by 11, but they were minus 12 in Tempe, so you don't get the money. But they get the win over Oregon State, 68-57, to 57, the final there. And then some of the big boys, Wisconsin surprises Ohio State in Columbus, 65-60. That game stays under. Nice win there. I did cash in by a point on Hofstra, evening the score with Towson, 76-72. They were minus three. And then a shocker tonight, Drexel 
as seven-and-a-half-point home dogs beat College of Charleston. Andy, that's a second straight loss for those boys for College of Charleston after they busted into the top 25. And did you mention Florida Atlantic finally lost tonight? I did not. They did lose to UAB. They had barely beaten UAB at home, and UAB the Blazers win it in Birmingham, 86-77. They actually went off two-and-a-half-point home favorites, the Blazers did, because they played them so tough in Boca Raton against the Owls of Florida Atlantic. Uh, who were 19-1 and one coming into tonight. Yes, they were. A very, very good, solid team. And uh, Marshall actually came back and beat Appalachian State as well. That's a pretty good Marshall team in the Sun Belt, laying three and a half. They win it by eight in a game that stays well under the total. Uh, update 106-105. Now the Bucks with 15 seconds to go leading the Clippers. We'll see if that game gets an extra session. Uh, Milwaukee was minus four in that game. So if you have the Clippers, you're holding on for dear life. They were up by as many as 19 in that game. So we'll see how that game closes out. Uh, we are going to take our final break of the evening. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, Mike Scalliott, SportsX Radio 101.5, FM, KDWN, 1140, The Bet, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, SportsX Radio, live from Vegas, live PSBR Law Studios, show being run by the greatest producer around, Mr. Mark Hoke, big Eagles fan and a great professional wrestling guy. Uh, you want to put him uh, as far as on your calendar. If you like professional wrestling, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., you can listen to the show live. Otherwise, archives will be up, and Mark will let you know how you can get to those. And also, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We are live from Vegas. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Yeah, a little final segment coming up. SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday. A little semi-sonic coming back. That's a great song, man. How many times KT was at that bar closing time and trying to finagle a last drink or two? It's like, hey, come on. I, you can't be closing, man. Especially in Las Vegas. There's no reason to close. But, uh, you know, as uh, Clint Eastwood taught me, uh, it took a while. I had to watch the uh, rerun for the 700th time to realize that a uh, man must know his limitations. But uh, Mike Scally, great to have you in studio on a throwback Thursday. Andy Isco, always great to see you and uh, enjoy a great dinner with uh, Mike's brother Albert in town and looking forward to a nice weekend of uh, Pro Bowl activity here in the Vegas Valley. And, of course, uh, plenty of college basketball Saturday and Sunday. I'm a college basketball junkie. Uh, just enjoy you know, a ton of the conferences. I don't just follow, you know, the Pac-12 or the big Power 5 conferences. I really enjoy some of the smaller conferences. But, uh, yeah, I got humbled tonight a little bit as far as college hoops. Thought I uh, was doing real well and uh, ventured out on seven plays. Ended up going two and five. So, not good. KT's got some work to do tomorrow as far as trying to make up some of that money, if indeed I do find some games that I do like, because I will not just play the game, especially on Friday, a limited slate. And Andy, uh, I've actually been doing better on Saturdays this year. Saturdays is the uh, day, of course, where there's uh, all of these teams in action pretty much. And so sometimes, you know, you know, and over the years, it's been one of the, you know, the tougher days for me. Sundays have always seemed to be my best day, uh, you know, year in, year out. Just a, a shorter schedule, uh, still a lot of good, solid games. 
And uh, I enjoy the Sundays. I enjoy the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. But tonight, a tough Thursday. Yeah, I think with the difference between Saturday and Sunday, you only got a limited amount of time. And you got like 110 regular board games on Saturday and probably close to another 30 to 35 on the extra board. So you're talking about close to 150 games uh, to choose from. So uh, what I'll find myself doing is I'll take a look at some of the matchups, and there'll be some matchups I say I have no interest in. You know, they're a pair of teams that are, you know, like 8 and 12 and 11 and 10 or something. I'll look for teams that are a little that I'm a little bit more familiar with. And, of course, on Sunday it's a little bit easier because maybe you have – 18 to 20 games to choose from, uh, usually um, marquee conferences. So sometimes it's the fact that you just, uh, to, in order to do a good job of handicapping, I think there are some games that unless you strictly go by the numbers and you say, okay, uh, my number says this and the line is Y, I'm going to play X, you know, that if you're actually looking into it and doing matchups, the, you know, a different way of, of analyzing games, you almost have to say there are some teams that you just don't have a good feel for. You're not going to spend the time because you've got 100 and, 128 other games that uh, you can go through and find. You know, if you play a lot of games, maybe you're talking 6, 8, 10 games. There are people maybe who use the mathematical part of it, and they may play 35 or 40 games saying that, okay, 35, I play 40 games, and I can go uh, you know, 22 and 18. You know, that's a little bit of a profit. Yeah, no doubt. But you can also uh, go ten and thirty, and uh, then you find yourself in a in a world of hurt. Uh, Eastern Kentucky finally cost me tonight. I was six and zero with the Colonels. They do win by two at home on the extra board. Beat Jacksonville State sixty nine sixty seven, but they were minus seven in that game. So do not get a win and a cover there tomorrow. Andy, you're a big uh, Ivy League guy because of course Pennsylvania is your alma mater, but you follow the Ivy year in, year out. Yale is at Harvard, minus three. Do you touch it? Because I thought Yale was a lot better than they are. Uh, same thing about Harvard. This is not as good a Harvard team as uh, we've seen in past years under Tommy Amaker. Um, when you look at uh, the first meeting between the two, Yale uh, struggled, I guess you could say. They won by four at home, so now they're playing and getting uh, you know, three, and a half, three, three and a half uh, on the road. Um, or you know what lay what's the line there three and a half three okay um I just can't feel uh, they're they're laying three so I can't feel comfortable taking Harvard because this is not the same Harvard team that we're accustomed to seeing Yale's played a little bit better um you know, I think uh, what did I have it was it last week I think I had them against Princeton and they won a little easier than I thought uh, I'm not going to play the game I certainly don't want to play Yale if I'm played it. I would go. I'd look at Harvard, but I just don't feel comfortable, so I'm going to pass that one. Yeah, Brown's a pretty good team, and I like Dartmouth. Dartmouth's actually won four of their last five games, or I'm sorry, four of their last six. Uh, one of those losses was to Brown, and so I'm going to look for uh, Dartmouth to uh, get the W there on their home court. They're just minus one. Actually, they're plus a point tomorrow at home, so I'm going to take Dartmouth plus the point against Brown at home. Uh, their only other loss, they've won four of six, Dartmouth has, uh, they lost to Princeton at Princeton in overtime, 93-90, easily covering the number. Uh, they beat up on Columbia. They won at Harvard. Uh, they lost that game at Brown, but they also won at Yale in their last six games. So I'll keep an eye on Dartmouth. The big green, and you've got the big red as well, Cornell, and that's a decent squad as well. So a much more balanced Ivy League this season. Yeah, no, no outstanding team. You know, the, the four teams that generally make it to what is now the expanded Ivy League postseason tournament, uh, four of the eight teams qualify. It was always Penn, Princeton, Yale, and Harvard. Might be the same this year, but I think all four of those teams 
uh, are, are down somewhat from what we've uh, we've seen. I will give Penn credit because they do play a very competitive non-conference schedule because they play the other four Philly teams, Villanova, LaSalle, St. Joe's, and Temple. Now, Villanova's down this year since uh, Jay Wright retired. LaSalle has struggled for many years. St. Joe's has its good moments. Temple is actually having a very good year. So they, they do play a, a fairly competitive non-conference schedule. But, you know, for example, tomorrow night, I think they're laying about 14 and a half or 15 against Columbia. Can't play Columbia, but I feel uncomfortable. You know, I feel uncomfortable laying that kind of number with Penn. So that's another one why I pass. All right, uh, UNLV in action tomorrow night as well. An eight o'clock game. Thomas and Mac minus nine and a half against Fresno State. Try to avenge a loss against Fresno and Nevada. Also in action. You can hear that game right here, eleven forty. The bet on one of our sister stations against Air Force. It is Nevada minus 11, 133. So UNLV minus 9.5, total 131.5. Kent State's at Akron. Akron at home minus 2, 134. And Andy, you're going to be on the zips tomorrow. Uh, most likely, unless I find out something uh, tomorrow morning that I don't like about it. Uh, you know, but uh, Looking at the uh, Nevada game uh, against the uh, Air Force. Air Force has been a very sneaky competitive game and a uh, competitive team. And you look at uh, Nevada, they uh, followed up that loss to UNLV with a very nice win over San Diego State. Could be a bit of a letdown spot for the Wolfpack. And by letdown, I don't mean they're not going to win the game, but covering 11 points might be asking a bit too much. Mike Scally, great to see you, my man. Hope to have you in studio sometime in the near future, my man. Have an outstanding weekend. Appreciate you and your brother stopping in and having dinner with me and Andy tonight. Anytime, Ken, I'm available. You know, I'm a retired senior citizen, so and it was a pleasure seeing you guys. Good meal. My brother showed up. Yes, we love Vegas, and we want to win that Super Bowl, buddy. That's all I know. There you go. Great stuff. Andy Isco, always great to see you as well on a Throwback Thursday. Always a lot of fun to get together, and it's even made even better when we have a very nice dinner at a very nice place. All right, a couple more games tomorrow night. St. Louis minus three at home against VCU should be a good one. And San Diego State minus six and a half at the VA House Center against Boise State also should be a lot of fun. Nice schedule on Friday. Till tomorrow on Friday, football fiasco. Ken Thompson will be back at the PSBR Law Studios. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live from Vegas. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDWN 1140. The bet streaming on that Odyssey app, AUDACY. For my producer, Mark Hoke, God bless, folks. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.